Right, hello All Nations Church, along with any of you who are joining us on the internet by whatever means you found us, it's great to have you here with us worshipping the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. And as Richard said, my name's Ian, so if you don't know me, that's who I am. I serve as one of the non-staff elders here at All Nations. Or even if you do know me, but you haven't seen me for 12 months and you're not sure who this long-haired chap is with his lockdown lack, lack of hairdo, it's great to be able to, to meet with you in this slightly more live fashion as we long for the day when we can safely gather again in this room. And as a, a way of introduction, I want to ask you something this morning, and that's when you're reading the Bible, do you ever wonder what you would have done if you'd been put in some of the situations that we read about with the various characters? So, I don't know, if you were Noah and you suddenly get this message, build a boat, well, where's the sea? Build a boat, but it's dry. What would you have done in that circumstance? Or, or maybe you remember a, a while back now, we did a series on, on Ruth. And if you were Ruth and your husband had died, would you follow your mother-in-law back to a foreign land and, and build a new life there? Is that what you'd do? Or, or if you were Peter and you see Jesus walking on the water, and he says, get out the boat. <laughs> would you get out the boat? Well, that's what I'm going to ask us to do today, but in a slightly different way, because I don't know about you, I don't always put myself in the position of the, the lead character, the star of the story, and ask us today to put ourselves in the position of the crowd and see what we can learn from that experience. So we're going to be looking at part of the narrative from Jesus' trial and execution. In a, in a minute, we'll be reading together from Matthew 27, verses 15 to 26. But just before we do that, Father God, as Richard prayed, be with us this morning as we look at your word. Would you open hearts and ears to hear what you have to say to us today. Holy Spirit, would you be working amongst us to make your word real and alive and change us? Amen. So, to the scripture, as I said, we were looking at Matthew 27, starting at verse 15, reading through to verse 26, and I'm reading from the NIV this morning. Now, it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you? Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message, don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, Crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. 
All the people answered, his blood is on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Now, as you probably guessed from my introduction, the first big question that comes into my head when I I read this is, what would I have done in that crowd? I like to think that I wouldn't be shouting for Barabbas, that I'll be shouting, Jesus, I I want you to save Jesus. But, But remember, this is a town where not that long ago they'd welcomed Jesus triumphantly. We can read about this earlier in Matthew 21. This this won't be on the screen. You don't have to look it up. But just just to remind you, a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So what does it take, my friends, for a crowd to go from, this is Jesus, the prophet, to crucify him? That's a big change, right? I guess maybe part of the answer is indeed in those words. The crowds, if you like, just saw Jesus, the prophet, They didn't have a full understanding of who he was. The disciples, on the other hand, those who'd spent time with Jesus, saw things differently. When Peter was asked who he thought Jesus was, his answer was, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. So maybe I've asked the wrong question at the beginning, and it's not what would I have done in the crowd, but maybe a more useful question is actually, Who do I think Jesus is? And actually answering that question is probably the most important thing that anybody can ever do in their life. So let's unpack this a bit more, therefore. You see, Mark's gospel, and this this accounts in in all of them, he actually describes Barabbas as an insurrectionist. He's seemingly someone who had fought against the Roman occupation and actually killed people in the process. So if the crowd was looking for a saviour from Rome, from the hated Romans, it seemed on that day they preferred the violent terrorist freedom fighter, you choose the label, to the preacher and the miracle worker. And I just wonder if that has implications for us today, for, for all of us listening, whether Christian or not, Are we sometimes more attracted to the person who offers a seemingly quick and simple solution? Or are we prepared to follow the one who has much bigger and better answers, but perhaps actually also asks more of us? You see, the crowd had welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem, but then, and I guess we have to speculate a bit here, perhaps he didn't deliver quite what they had expected. Hang on. He came riding, that was a donkey he came riding in on, right? That's, that's not very kingly. What about, where, where was the big horse? What sort of leader uses a donkey? So that leads me as I was thinking and praying about this 
to another question or another, another topic. How do we find out who Jesus is? Really, truly, deeply. Well, how do we find out who anyone is? We need to get to know him, to get to know Jesus. And actually, the, the start of this preach was just a, a little snippet of a film in my mind. And I can't remember which of the, the many passion stories it was, but it was of this scene of Pilate before the crowd and the crowd shouting for a Barabbas. And 99% of the crowd in this particular film version was shouting, Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas. And I remember the face of, of one woman character. I, I think it was Mary Magdalene. I can't remember in this particular one. But she was shouting, Jesus, Jesus, but being drowned out by the rest of the crowd. I think, well, why is she shouting for Jesus while the rest of the crowd are shouting for Barabbas? She's shouting for Jesus because she knew him. She spent time with him. She had a relationship with him. She truly knew who he was. So friends, getting to know Jesus is all about relationship. It's all about spending time with him. So my encouragement to you today, whether you don't know Jesus yet, or whether you've known him for decades and decades and decades, spend more time with him. There's always stuff to learn. And I've been reminded this over the past 12 months or so, because as many of you, if you know me, you'll know that in my, my day job, as it were, I used to travel across the world. I, I was one of those um, burning jet fuel like no tomorrow. We've mended our ways now, been forced upon us. But that meant that I, I was, you know, even when I was in the office, I was out of the house for at least 10 hours a day, and then I was spending 50, 60 nights a year away from home. And I always knew that my wife Caroline loved playing music. You may have seen her up, up here on this platform playing her violin. But it's only been this last year when we've been cooped up together in the house 24-7, it seems like, at times, that I've really understood what it means to her, that she gets almost itchy if she, if she can't play, because she was often quite graciously waiting till I was out of the house and the noise wouldn't disturb me before she got her violin or her hammered dulcimer out or whatever it was. Or she was able to go off and rehearse with others in different homes, and of course all that stopped. And just spending that time with her over the last year, I've really seen the value of her music to her and what it means to her. So I've known Caroline 30 years, more than 30 years, been married 26 years. There's still more to learn by spending time together. And it's the same with Jesus too. Through this lockdown, I've learned so many different things. Right at the beginning, the company that I was working for, we saw the orders just disappear into the ether very, very quickly. There was a real threat. Are we going to be here in the summer? Praise God, we were. Stuff came back. It's been a tough year, but I had to learn new depths of trust in God. It's been through a mild health concern as well, which has involved a few visits to the hospital. Praise God, again, everything seems to look all right. But it's spending time with Jesus, building that relationship of trust But was there anything else going on in the crowd, though? You see, some of them must have at least have heard, if not have witnessed, some of the miracles that Jesus had performed. And yet they still turned against him. You see, I think there was something else going on as well. We need to check what's influencing us. If we look back at our passage at verse 20, we read, but the chief priests and the elders persuaded 
the crowd. So as well as time spent getting to know Jesus, we need to check what other influences we are taking into our lives. And friends, it's, it's hardly new revelation, but this, <laughs> this is the best one, really. Go back to the source. Find it out for yourself. It's great that we can meet online. There are so many blessings there. But friends, online also has its issues. Be it Brexit, elections, coronavirus, I think we've seen the limitations of what we can achieve online as well as the blessings that it can bring. And I'd like to put it for you this morning. You, you can only really truly know those who you share life with. I don't know about you, I'm longing to get back in this room as family. And that there's two aspects of that that really, really excite me. One is corporate worship. I love to sing, but I'll admit I am not the world's best singer. And stood at home, just the, the three of us in the house, son Chris and wife Caroline, much better singers than me, I struggle to express myself. Lost here in this crowd, I can worship. And it's been a real struggle for me this past 12 months. I long to get that. But what I perhaps long for just as much is actually the time after the service, just, <clears throat> just, just to be church together. Yes, yeah, sure, that means praying for one another, etc., etc., but also just, just talking about life. Those relationships, those influences, one or, one or another, Church, I guess as we hopefully, please God, see this, this route out of lockdown, this route back being able to share together, can we get back into the habit of sharing time with one another, of spending, hopefully like me, you're longing for it. But I appreciate for others it might be difficult, different. You know, you've had 12 months on your own and you might be nervous to come out. We can find ways to help, I'm sure. But hunger for that, hunger for that personal contact where we can influence each other in a godly way. But perhaps the most important thing we need to do in response to this passage today is to make up our own mind as to who Jesus actually is. I just want to highlight this by reading another scripture, which will be up on the screen shortly, from, from Luke 23, verses 39 to 43. It's um, as Jesus hung on the cross, and it's these words that we read here. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly for we're getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you today, you'll be with me in paradise. Now, my friends, that's what's at stake. An eternal destiny. That's why I said near the beginning of this preach that the most important question you could probably ever answer in your life is, who do you think, who do I think Jesus is? I don't know about you. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe his death on the cross and resurrection from the dead have paid the 
price for my sin and for the sin of all mankind. I believe that through him we can be brought back into right relationship with God. And I believe that that means we can live life in all its fullness now as well as in eternity with him. What about you? What do you believe? Now, if you haven't answered that question yet for yourself, can I urge you to give it some serious thought? We'd love to engage with you via whatever platform you're viewing us on at the moment. We're happy to engage that way. We also have some alpha courses, introductions to the Christian faith, where you can ask any question. Nothing is ruled out. No question thought too silly. That starts on the 6th of April for an evening course or the 7th of April for a daytime course. Please contact us for more info. As I say, whichever platform you're viewing on us now, you can contact us via that. If you put All Nations Church Bedford into your search engine, you'll be able to find us, find out all our contact details, or it's 3c at allnationsbedford.org is the email address. But if you've got questions about who Jesus is, we'd love to speak with you. We'd love to help you on that journey. But I guess for many of us listening this morning, we'll have answered that question months, years ago even. So what are my conclusions for all of us now? Well, the first is this. Brothers and sisters, we can all get to know Jesus better, whether you've known him for a week or for 50 years or more. So I explained with my examples over the lockdown for myself and my family, spending time with somebody will always reveal more of their character, more of what they want out of the relationship between the two of you. And church, I, I challenge us to keep checking what we're getting influenced by in the world and to do our utmost to, to keep it real, as it were, to keep going back to authoritative sources, be it on on vaccination or matters of faith, whatever it happens to be. Keep it real. Keep interacting with with those you know and trust. It seems bizarre to me that perhaps in this world that seemingly we're happier to put our, our faith in some random person on the internet rather than somebody that we've walked with for 30 years. But maybe that's just life today. And then I'd urge you again, perhaps, to, to re-decide, recommit, say who he is. Even this morning, Jesus, I decide again that you are my Lord. Make up your mind and then consciously act on it each day. And then for the last thought I'd like to leave with us, we have this crowd shouting for Barabbas. Friends, there's a world shouting for Barabbas you might say. Who am I shouting for? Am I shouting Jesus? And there were the the chief priests and the elders going amongst the crowd, influencing them. And there are many influences on us. But also we ourselves are not without influence. I ask myself this, who am I influencing? Who am I inviting along to different events? So, That's my message for you this Good Friday. I believe Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe coming to that revelation is the most important thing anybody can do. So I urge you all, if you haven't done it already, to make start that journey today. But for the rest of us, press into Jesus, get to know him better, and seek to make his name known in the world outside. Amen.
Amen. So I'll just close this briefly in prayer, then hand back to Richard and Ginny. Father, I, I thank you so much that you want to get to know us, that you sent Jesus to live, die, and be resurrected, to heal that relationship. As we have this, this time of year when we particularly remember that, we just want to say thank you that you've made a way to reconcile us with you. And Father, I want to thank you so much for friends and for community. And Father, I want to pray that all this 12 months has stolen from us on that will be paid back with interest in the coming times. Father, we've learned much that's good about being online, about having further reach. But Father, I pray you'd restore and more that which is good about being your gathered people together and would hold the two together to see even more impact and influence of your name across this community and the planet. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask for your strength to enable us to shout your name loudly, to proclaim your name to the nations, and to influence those around us for your glory. Amen. Thank you all. Back to you, Richard.